Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, today uh, we're gonna we're gonna unpack a lot uh, with our guest Chris Moore. Now, Chris, of course, uh, has uh, has punted uh, in the NFL. He has a, a storied career. Uh, played at the University of Alabama. We'll jump into that a little bit. Uh, and uh, we found out before the podcast started, avid deer hunter. Yeah, which uh, that fits in nicely here. Yes. Mm. So, Chris, welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, buddy. How are you? Great. So Great to be here. Appreciate y'all having me. We were we were talking, you know, when we first got in, and you know, I, you, you don't want to bring any attention to yourself. And and Chris was sitting here, and he's funded at the highest level, and been on special teams, and helped you know people get to the Super Bowl three times, and. <laughs> I said to him, I said, you know, I punted in the NFL myself, and uh, and I said, and he said, really? And I said, you had the neighborhood football, league. right? Right. And, it's a little uh, different, little different deal. Right? I was a yeah. barefooted punter in the neighborhood football <laughs> league. I couldn't make myself put my foot down, and I said, I tell you what, you take this shoe off, you'll put it down. And boy, I, I, I could just sail them. I mean, you wouldn't believe how well I punted in the neighborhood football league. We but, all started out there. Yeah, isn't that it? Isn't that yeah. where it all starts? Oh, yeah, yeah, Chris, tell us a little bit about uh, your high school days because yeah. we want to we want to find out about being recruited and how you ended up at University of Alabama. But tell us about you growing up and about your high school football. So I'm from uh, Thompson, Georgia, which is also the home of Ray Guy. So I grew up. Wow! Wow! Yeah, him. a yeah. lot of pressure there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and uh, like you, I, I grew. I started. I had my aunt bought me my first football uniform when I was seven. I played for the Dolphins. And uh, I practiced the whole year when I was seven and couldn't play, you know, because my aunt knew the coach and, you know, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. And, and I, uh, you know, from that day, from my first experience on the football field there, you know, I loved it. And that was my favorite sport. And I was a quarterback, punter, and defensive back. And uh, and I was at my whole, uh, you know, up and through my high school days, I was uh, – Recruited at Georgia and offered a scholarship my, uh, early in my senior year. They were recruiting me as a safety to play Terry Hogue's position, the rover back. And so I didn't answer any other questionnaires. I mean, I, I bled red and black. I grew up 60 miles from Athens. And uh, so, it, you know, it was a done deal, I thought. And then, you know, I went through my senior year. I had a, a, We had a good senior year. We made the state championship and lost uh, – uh, I forget the score, but we lost uh, pretty good. But uh, well, wait a minute, you're not saying runner up again? Oh again, it's oh followed God. me my State whole championship life. Runner up. So when you were in high school, so obviously you were you were punting, but you were also playing for uh, defensive back and quarterback and yeah. quarterback, even yeah. in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so I go to uh, I was I went to Georgia's football camps every year, and that's how they really found me. Because I, I went to a private school in Thompson, Broadwood Academy, and my I, I did I ran a shuttle drill that that was the fastest of the that camp or whatever, and that, I sort of raised their eyebrows or whatever, and they started following me. And anyway, Bill Lewis was my was the coach that was recruiting me, and two days before signing day, which is a Monday, <clears throat> uh, my our secretary from my school came to my class and said, uh, "Chris is a coach from Georgia wants to talk to you." On the phone, so I was figuring that he was just gonna tell me what time they'd be there Wednesday, right. you know, oh, yeah. signing day sure, and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so I go get on the phone, and uh, it was Coach Lewis, and he said he was at Atlanta Airport. He said, "Chris, I hate to tell you, but we've overcommitted on scholarships, and want to see if you'd be take a preferred walk on." And my high school coach was out of town that day, and I'm sitting there, 
just shell shocked. I didn't know what to say, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so my high school coach came back into town on Tuesday, and he and he called around the SEC, and he. I won't take this personal, but he called Auburn first, and thank God they didn't need anybody. Oh, wow. oh, there he goes. There he goes. Let me go. But, but then, uh, you know, and then he called Alabama, and Coach Felker answered the phone, and they had heard about me and had seen film on me, and within two hours he was at my high school watching me punt and throw and shoot basketball and stuff like that. And uh, – and, that was on uh, Tuesday. And on Wednesday, me and my high school coach, and they actually had three scholarships still uh, available. This was after this was signing day, mm-hmm. pretty much, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And which is unheard of nowadays. Uh, uh, so we drove to Tuscaloosa, and I've never been in the state of Alabama until <laughs> that wait, drive. Wait you live in you live in Georgia, and you've never been to Alabama. <laughs> well, Not I even live, to buy fireworks. I live on Augusta side. I live like oh, thirty miles side. from Augusta. Okay, okay, so you'd go to South Carolina. Yeah, probably. we always yeah went that side. But uh, but anyway, so that was the longest drive I ever had in my life. I thought you know probably the longest drive I've been on at that time <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, we drove over here. Met Coach Perkins and you know met the coaches, staff, and rode around and visited the the uh, campus. And uh, that was on Wednesday. And on Thursday we drove back to Thompson. And then on Friday they flew in and uh, we I signed with Alabama. And uh, and you know I wouldn't be sitting here today if 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 I wouldn't have signed with Alabama. You know? Right, right, right. And I tell I see Coach Dooley a lot at different functions. I did back you know. Uh, back early in my career and you know we'd laugh about me because at the time i was devastated you know and, yeah, and all oh, yeah. and the people in my hometown were too because they're all georgia fans or most of them and i was gonna ask you how'd your family and and friends and teammates take that they they got upset i mean they they were and we had some, we had some pretty high people uh you know that are georgia boosters and stuff mm-hmm. and, and they wrote some nasty letters and whatever and told them how they felt but uh, but like I said, you know, the Lord's got different vision. Yeah. Yeah. So what year did you graduate high school? 84. 84. Yeah. So, I mean, but really if Georgia had come through with what they said they were going to do, you, you go to, you go to Athens. Right. Play. So you really didn't put the wheels in motion to that. It was, wasn't right. your fault. Right. Is that what you tried to explain to the boosters that <laughs> wrote you nasty letters? <laughs> no, they didn't write me nasty letters. They wrote to the university. Oh, did for, they? for not yeah. for yeah. not signing, not getting it yeah. done for yeah. the way they treated me. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that honestly, Rick knows kind of how that. Feels yeah. You, too. you and I had a very very similar. very similar story, and my mama uh, turned the switch off on that school that she really had loved up to that point and had a strong connection to. Yeah. Uh, but then her grandson ended up playing for him later, so she had to turn it back on. But, yeah. but then she turned it off again. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but same thing. I, well, at that I, point, I literally had the same story you did. I was told I was going to be signed and got to signing date uh, to hear from the head coach that, that they had changed their mind and had a new strategy and wanted me to be a walk-on. Uh, and you're like, what? You know, it, it kind of throws you a curve because, you, you know, they've been telling you all along, oh, you're in. You know, yeah. they, they said, we want you. And, you, you know, in those days, like you said, it was different. We didn't go on the Internet and tell you how many stars we had. And today we're moving our hats on and off and committing to our team. I mean, people told you they were going to sign you. You believed them, and you expect them to come over and sign you. Yeah. You know, and when then the 17 years <laughs> right, old. Right, right. So did Alabama sign you as a DB or just strictly punter? Quarterback punter. Okay. 
and then excuse me mm-hmm. uh we had eight quarterbacks on the roster at the time uh Shula Mike was uh was a head was starting quarterback and Vince Sutton came in with my class and then we had uh you know I think we had eight and coach Perkins uh the punter Terry Sanders at the time was a senior and my redshirt freshman year and my my form was bad and coach Perkins got uh Dave Jennings from the Giants to come and work with me for a couple of days on my on my technique and stuff and uh that was my redshirt freshman year, and, and I was able to travel with the team to get used to, you know, game day experience yeah. and stuff. And and then I started punting my freshman year after Terry graduated, and the like five of the quarterbacks were going to graduate after my uh, going into my junior year. And then uh, Coach Perkins said he'd move me back. Then, well, that's when he left and went to Tampa. Right. So I didn't really. You know, with a new, uh, this is the only thing I wish I would have probably done different. My career was, I went up for the golf team then, uh, that spring when Coach Curry came in, and I found out quick I wasn't good enough for that. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was a fun experience. Still got great friends that, that uh, in fact, they go watch Dickie Pride when he's in town every every uh, summer at Greystone, and um, some other guys that played golf then. And uh, but it was a great experience. Wingo, Coach Wingo didn't like it though. I was about to say, I'm I'm actually uh, having lunch with Wingo today. So I'm going to ask him about you and see, see, see what he has. Wingo was tough, wasn't he? I mean, he was, yeah, yeah, he he was, he was a tough strength and conditioning coach, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, he taught me, you know, how every coach has got that one coach. Oh, yeah. The one that does all the yelling. Oh, yeah. You know, it could be the strength coach, could be the offensive line coach, defense, whatever. Well, he got that. He got me prepared for that in the league, you know, early. <laughs> <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking about Rich Wingo that played at Alabama and for Green Bay, and and he he's a hard nosed individual. Line, yeah, linebacker, and uh, yeah, yeah. so he would take us at the punters, kickers, and snappers, and they gave Wingo y'all. Uh, well, uh, he had to do everybody, he, yeah. So, but he this was during practice. Yeah, if if we he was like y'all come with me, and so we go with him. He'd find a mud puddle, and we'd have to do up downs in a mud puddle. <laughs> the the punters and the kickers, <laughs> yeah, and the snappers, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He just felt like that y'all were standing around too much. He wanted yeah, to go so I, mean, the- I was I was going to ask you at Alabama did were the kickers you know a lot of schools they it's almost like they're not on the team they're doing their own thing they're they're taking a smoke break you know whatever down there <laughs> kick kick I mean but, Actually, but you were yeah, a little more integrated into the into the team and and the physical aspect of it. Well, yeah, I mean I I, I did quarterback drills or throw you know for different drills and stuff, but. Uh, at, at times that's early in practice, and I did that on in the in the NFL too. But uh, it uh, it was just uh, you know, it was rich. Once you, I mean, his big. I don't know if he probably still still has that big Bronco, big Dream Bronco. Uh, no, he didn't have that anymore. I don't see it anymore. But then y'all used to have to push it, push it around the yeah. Coliseum. <laughs> I never had to push it because I was always on time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Luckily, I never had to push that joke. Uh, but uh, he. Uh, yeah, so he got me ready for the league. I'd always find that coach, you know, I'd, and I, you want to know who he is, you know, on the team. Oh, yeah. There's always the, a screamer. Yeah, w- yeah. W- Wingo got you ready for it. <laughs> That's right. All right, we'll, we'll come back more with Chris Moore when we continue this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. 
This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Bubba. All right, Chris Moore is our guest uh, on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Yeah, Bubba mentioned that you know you uh, you you still had uh, you know some some quarterback reps that you worked on uh, in in college. But when when I went to to play, actually ended up playing for Troy, and uh, and when I got there because I graduated eighty three one year before you graduate high school, and so I, I'm pretty good. At math. math was my only good side. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's that's good. And so, but I had never seen specialized kickers. Because, you know, I came out of high school, the linebacker kicked extra points and field goals, and then, like you said, a defensive back or a quarterback punted or a receiver or something. But they, we didn't have specialized kickers, so I'd never seen that before. Right. And I think I saw my first one my senior year, a school had one, but, but that was about it. So when I get to college, I've never been around specialized kickers, and I didn't know who they were. And Bubba mentioned that before the break, and, and I, I asked, I said, who, who are those people? <laughs> and and of course the veterans on the team said, "Well, those are kickers," and I said, "What?" And and they said, "Yeah, they're they're going to go down there and kick and and punt, and and work on that until we bring them in for special teams and just working the team." And I looked; some of them didn't have a helmet on, some did, you know. And then I looked down there, and Bubba loves to slide. And I looked at him; I said, "Should they be smoking?" <laughs> you know. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that guy's punting. <laughs> hey. uh, so I, I had never experienced that before, but I, I learned you guys were extremely valuable. Well, yeah. I mean, extremely valuable. And I was, and I was a snapper, so I'd have to work with the, you right. know, with it a little bit at, at times. So I, I, I got my feel of that. But I found you are a little bit different. Of course, punters may be different than 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 kickers, but you seem like you know we'd all go hunt and do whatever. A lot of kickers I was around, they were a little bit different. But I, yep. and I mean, I mean, field goal kickers. They they were a little different. Yeah, a lot, most of them are. Uh, excuse me, uh, were soccer players. Right, you know, yeah, growing up. Yeah, and we didn't have soccer. Well, I, well, right. I used to kick straight on with a flat. You know, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pull, pull your you, toe up. Yeah, yeah. yeah did you tie it up? Well, I had a strap. Yeah, yeah, a strap. yeah. Oh yeah. And then you have to limp when you're running down. Oh yeah. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you you go to the University of Alabama, and how was that? What yeah. what is it like to so run you, on the field and and play for the Alabama Crimson Tide? I mean, it's uh, being from Georgia and not experiencing a game there ever. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, you know, watching it on TV, and one of my good friends <clears throat> was a big Alabama uh, fan. He had Bear Coach Bryant stuff all over, you know, and Alabama stuff, and and uh, you know, back then I thought that this was you know that's when Oklahoma and it's like the one step below the NFL. I thought, right. yeah, you know, right. oh yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I was definitely blessed to be able to, you know, some, for the way things happen, and to be able to, you know, come to such a great university. It was great, you know. Yeah, and, and you you became quite a dominant force uh, for them on the field position. It's rare that you know the name sometimes of of punters. Uh, but like when you mentioned Ray Guy, there's a reason we know who that is because he was a game changer, and I and your name became very familiar uh, watching, you know, being in Alabama and watching both teams uh, from Alabama and who all they were playing. And you're one of the few punters I actually know your name because of of the impact that 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 you had. I mean, you know, to be not pulling for you was not much fun. <laughs> uh, because because you would, you would come in and punt and we go well here we are back inside the ten again yeah, you know go. and that kind of stuff so but no that we kid around a lot but when you've got a great punter it's it's a, it's a huge advantage yeah because it's a game of field position right 
And uh, <clears throat> plus one, it can throw if they need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You still had that. And uh, you know, I'll go to uh, uh, Buffalo, and I'm thinking, you know, I kick it far as I can, and they want me to kick for hang time. Right. So, yeah. Um, you know, when I started out, my and Buffalo's a pretty tough place to punt. When, yeah. You know, when you first, cold. I would think, yeah. and, and, and when, you've been in Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, and now you're in Buffalo. Yeah. Of course, you did go to Tampa for a little bit, right before you went to Buffalo. Yeah. So you got you, but still, now from Tampa to Buffalo. Right. Well, I had the World League uh, in between. Oh, did you do World League one year? The first year they had it was a uh, '91 or '90 and uh, my agent. This is after I've been cut, and then set through a whole season and didn't get picked up. And then, but Green Bay had called and Dallas had called uh, after the season where this new league was starting up. And uh, my agent talked me into going to that. And so we go to Orlando and it's like a, uh, you're going to a cattle sale. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're standing out there in your shorts and coaches come through looking at you, you know, all the guys. Are, yeah. And then they, they break you up in the positions and like the punters all went out. And we all just started punting, you know. And then they had a draft and drafted, and I got drafted by Montreal. I didn't even know where Montreal was. Right, yeah, right, yeah. I, I mean, and then so we fly, we go to Montreal, and I didn't realize it was a French-speaking country. Right. Well, all I learned was bonjour, comment ça va, Saville Bay, Marseille. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And did, and did a lot of pointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and did a lot of pointing. So <laughs> oh, I didn't even I didn't even know you ended up in Montreal. I had no idea. That you did that? Yeah, I mean it was it was uh, that season started in like April, sort of like the USFL was this year. Yeah, about the same. It ended in June, and then uh, and then Buffalo signed me. I ended up leading that league and, and punting, and then Buffalo signed me, and <clears throat> so that so that was in uh, we started that season in April or May. From May to January, I played in thirty three games. I played in ten different time, ten times different time zones, three different continents, <laughs> uh, four or five different countries, <laughs> all within like ten months, six. Well, Chris, when you when you months. when you leave Alabama, you're you're all SEC. You're on top of the world. You you go to Tampa Bay. You get cut. Was that tough? Did you did you because for the success you've had, that's probably the first time you've been told no. I that's about as close as I've come to wanting to fight, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Like somebody, because Coach Perkins, I was sitting at his desk like me and you, and he said, "Chris, I hate to tell you, but we got to cut you." I couldn't talk. I just sat there, you know. And yeah, he'd been your because you, you coach. played for yeah. him in college. We, too, yeah. we had just me and my wife at the time just bought a house that he signed on my job security mm. two two weeks before. Uh, when I after that I got cut, I my wife was. uh Hanging curtains. I said, "You can cut that out." We, yeah, yeah. I just got cut. Yeah. So you found out. Wives take that real well. Yeah, you found out real, real quick. It's a business. Even the guy that helped that signed my income is that's what it is. So I could get the house. Same guy cut you. Yeah. Two weeks later. (laughs) So now you know you're in the business. You know. You know. Again, that's in my testimony. That that comes back to you know I. Was blessed enough to go. I saw the world and played in three Super Bowls. You know, 
played it, on, it, uh, on it, a great football team. Well, in Montreal, did you think you'd ever get back to the NFL? Did you think you were good enough, or was it just the next stop to keep the paycheck coming? It, it helped a lot. I mean, because uh, I was able to do be successful. You know, if I'd have gone there and you know laid an egg, I'd, right? You know, nobody would have signed me probably. But um, but. And the good news, you didn't have to go far to go to Buffalo. Nah. I mean, just over the line. So, so, yeah. but we, it's a good thing to talk about since they're trying the spring leagues again. You can say that spring league though helped you get back to the NFL. Oh yeah, we had quite a few guys that that, that helped. It did uh, help. Yeah, yeah. You led the league, and so somebody said, well, "I tell you what, he can play with us." So now you, so you go from Tampa to Montreal to Buffalo, set back on, on Tampa. Now you're back with your next shot at the NFL. When you got there, they'd already been to one Super Bowl, right? And and you pick up on now the next three. Pretty good team. Right. Pretty good team at yeah. that point. And, you know, it was – Several it, Hall of Famers on there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm flying out today. we got alumni weekend this weekend up there. So oh, really good. We've seen them all up there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was the most grueling competition because they had, they had actually had three punters in there. You hardly ever have three. Yeah. You have, you have two, and then uh, normally – but we had three, so it was uh, it was very uh, grinding, and uh, and but luckily I was blessed enough to win the job. So now you're punting with the Buffalo Bills. They really had an opportunity to win the Super Bowl the year before you got there with the missed field goal. Right. Yes. Scott now, Norwood. Yeah. Just yeah. short. Just, just short. Just wide right. Oh my goodness. That was wide right. So was the attitude with the Bills? Hey, that was that was a fluke. We're gonna win it. Uh, and and then this this unfinished this, business, this incredible run of the Bills dominating the AFC. It but, was, I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm like you. I mean, the only guy I knew on that was Cornelius. We right. played together, you know, at Alabama. Sure. And uh, so he's the only guy I know on it. But you know, everybody else I, you see on TV. I mean, I knew of them. You know, right. Cornelius, Thurman, uh, uh, Biscuit. I mean, uh, Bruce and mm-hmm. Jim and Jim all that. Jim Kelly. Yep. Yeah, and so you talking about some characters and, and egos, and I mean, it was crazy. I can't tell you on the air about stuff. Uh, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, that's yeah, sure but, but no, I mean, it's uh, it, for, it just goes to show how great a job that uh, Coach Levy did because he had so many. What was his style? How'd you like Marv Levy? Oh, uh, he's great. Like a granddaddy, you know, type. Yeah. But would, would stand up for you no matter what, you know. As a player, and uh, and he just he just organized. He was very smart. Uh, history and uh, he's got a master's in history and a master's. And we had so many. Our speeches were all uh, pretty much war stuff. You yeah. Know, oh like yeah. Coming in on a wing and a prayer and about talking about a, you know right. that uh, story in the war and because we were, we were playing Miami or something and and we were underdogs and so he. he Brought that um, story out, and and it, it was. I mean, it's, he was a great. He knew guy, how to inspire. Guy. Yeah, in yeah, a different in a I, different way. And, and I remember without yelling. The NFL films they always play back that, and it was when you. I guess it was when you were there. If it wasn't the year before, where else in the world would you rather be Being than right, right here, right, right now? now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, that, oh, yeah, yeah, and I, I bet that's the kind of stuff you had from him all the time, right? Oh yeah, that's right. And he, uh, I mean, just like this kind of guy was. So I. Something happened to my car or something, and I, and I was late for a, a meeting. And so in the league, you know, they can find you anywhere up to a certain amount of dollars, mm-hmm. say $1,500 or whatever. Back then, that's what it was. It's probably a lot more than that now. But 
Uh, so I was a little, I was late for a meeting, and uh, the only time I'd ever been late. And and he he came up to me after the meeting, and he handed me an envelope. And he didn't want to give it to me. He said, Chris, I hate to have to give you this, but I got to. He handed me the envelope, and I opened it up. He said, fine for being late, $5. Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> so, you know, that just shows you he was worried about giving me a fine for five dollars, you know. But the next one would have been about fifteen hundred, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he 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 knew the kind of man you were and he thought it was a little ridiculous to, to put that on you. But you but he had but to he do stood it. up for you. He had to do it because yeah, you know, you legalistically late. he had to do yeah. it. Yeah. But it, but he, you're saying he was a players coach. He stood it for his players. Oh yeah, so for sure. amazing winning seasons. You go to the Super Bowl. What is that like as a player? I tell you the uh, the AFC Championship game was more grueling to me because you know you're one step away from going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, we were playing Denver in, in Buffalo, and it was cold as you imagine, <laughs> and uh, I, the only score we. The only touchdown we scored was a defensive touchdown. I think Carlton Bailey intercepted a pass. I think we won like 10 to 6 or something. You know, it was just one of those nail biters. And it was so cold, I wore two pair of socks on my left leg just trying to stay warm because I'd always just wear one on my right because I wanted my my, uh, shoe to be tight to my foot. And so I had to wear a half size bigger on my left side. And I broke my uh, ankle in college, so I like to wear high tops just for extra support, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I'm punting in the net and stuff. I didn't punt but twice this game, I think, two or three times. But every time the offense has the ball, I'm in the net punting, you know, just trying to stay warm. Sure. So, And I could feel my toenail catching something every time I would, I would plant, you know. So anyway, after the game – uh, you know, after the adrenaline and everything wore off, I started taking my shoe off. And I was like, man, my foot hurt. And I looked down after I took my shoe off, and my whole front of my sock was red. I said, oh, that ain't good. And I took my sock off, and my toenail was catching on a, a seam in that shoe. Mm. And every time I'd plant it, pull it back further. <laughs> and when, by the time I got out the game, the toenail was still connected, but barely, and I could lift it back. You're talking about hurt. <laughs> God, it hurt. And so the good I mean, news you didn't have to put it in ice, so did you? I mean, good lord, it hurt. But in fact, I still—I mean, it still ain't right. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I just go to show you. I mean, but the Super Bowl, you know, when you're out there warming up, and, you know, Trump was on the sideline and uh, Rush Limbaugh and all them. You know, yeah, yeah like, sure. Uh, it, we was in, plus it was in Minnesota. I mean, that was a terrible place for a Super Bowl. But right, you know, being there was was unbelievable. All right, we'll come back. We'll continue our discussion with Chris Moore when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. All right, so let's talk about we just Chris was just talking about being comfortable. Uh, let's face it, uh, the, the the adrenaline that was flowing he didn't even know he was losing his toenail. Mm. Uh, but the comfort is is important, and that's what Tommy John is all about, uh, especially this time of year. Hey, the heat, the heat, the heat. But did you know with the design of the Tommy John underwear, uh, you actually can stay quite cool and comfortable where it counts. Uh, and uh, you, you need Tommy John's because you'll be much cooler, and it's something that, uh, that, that that keeps everything better. You know, if you're comfortable and you feel like you're cool where it counts, uh, they're breathable, they're, they're a lightweight fabric, four times the stretch 
of the competing brands, and with dozen of comf- dozens of comfort innovations, Tommy John keeps you looking and feeling cool all season long, whether you're just hanging out at home or you're out uh, you know, doing recreation in the summer sun. Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Bubba, you and I can speak to that. Oh, yeah. 17, yeah, 17 million pairs sold. You will immediately tell the difference. Immediately. Uh, Tommy John underwear and loungewear. Get yours now. And because you're checking out Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, uh, you just put in the code. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. Put that together. That's our URL for 20% off the first order. Again, 20% off the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. That's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. See the site for all the details. Chris Moore, our guest on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. So you're there at Buffalo. Uh, you played uh, your first Super Bowl with them. Uh, you you said it was wild seeing the celebrities and everybody at this big event. You guys lose the Super Bowl. Now you, now they've lost two in a row. You've lost the first one with them. Um, and so it's kind of like being a Minnesota Viking. <laughs> <laughs> that I cheered for as a kid right. growing up. I don't know why. Right, but, uh, because you like their helmets. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the, the team is loaded. I mean, you guys are, are great. Still loaded. And, but it seems to be, I, mean, I hate to bring up, almost like uh, what we're talking about with, um, with the Minnesota Vikings. Other than the game against the Giants, now it seems like when you guys got to the Super Bowl, the NFC team was one of these dynasty teams. You know, it's not like y'all didn't face great competition uh, every single time. So then we played Dallas uh, the next two Super Bowls back to back, and that's when they uh, they just had a huge offensive line. Massive, massive. Turnovers killed us, uh, you know, in those games. And uh, it was just – they they just out-physicaled us, you know, just beat us. But you're still the second-best team. And I know, you know, we, we, we all want to be the the winner, but man, there was a lot of good teams in the AFC that you guys beat, and y'all put together a tremendous record during those four years. I, you know, this was before free agency started in '93, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's when our team started getting broke up. But yeah. Until then, uh, it was you kept everybody together, and uh, I think Cornelius might have been the first one to go once free agency started. Then Frank Wright went to. Uh, um, Carolina, yeah, when, when they right. when they uh, when they started a, a franchise, and you know slowly the guys you know started leaving. I think me and Bruce and uh, uh, I think Bruce, uh, Andre and uh, Thurman were there the longest. Uh, Thurman ended up going to Miami to play finish out. Bruce ended up going to Washington, but but that was like in '99 and. And then I was my last year was two thousand with the with the Bills, the uh, now, music, music City Miracle. I started. So we're we're going to talk about that. I started to <laughs> ask you. To I, I think it, we were at one of your games. Yeah, we were. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I want to ask you before we get to that because in that run where the Buffalo Bills go four times to the Super Bowl and lose four times, did did because you know we Lombardi said winning is contagious, but unfortunately, so is losing. Did did when you get into kind of Super Bowl three, would there be the attitude when things started going south? Well, here we go again. Or, or, or did you? Oh, yeah. ne- or it did? How did that mentally? That game, that that game, it started earlier. Yeah, it did. yeah, yeah. That there was there was yeah that one got ugly. What, uh, what yeah. was the mentality of the team at that point? Did they just feel like, well, we can't get over the hump, or how, how do you think of that as a professional at the highest level? 
I I think we we were good until maybe the first turnover we have in the game. You know, uh, the second game when we played them in Atlanta, we we were actually leading oh, at yeah. the half, thirteen yeah. to ten, and we were driving. You know, the opening drive of the third quarter, and we had a fumble, and the guy Washington I think picked it up and turned it for a touchdown. You know, it just it's like here we go again. So that would happen. Yeah. Yeah, after after you could you tell know, the mood of the team right. would, would right. change. I mean, uh, it wasn't after that that one set play, but it might have been after the next three and out. Right. Yeah. You right. know, kind of feel the the yeah. air coming out of the balloon yeah. a little bit. Tell us about Jim Kelly. Um, I had the pleasure of being in his oh, golf yeah. group at Regions one year. Very impressed. Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, he's had so many battles he's oh, had to overcome. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, you know, with Hunter first, his son, that he was born on the same day he was, you know, and had crab disease, which was a very rare disease. And, you know, he, I guess the life expects is like two years, and I think uh, Hunter made it about six. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then he got uh, mouth cancer. Oh, yeah. And But no, he never dipped or chewed back or anything. That's uh, weird. He was having a he was getting a having neck surgery, and they went through his mouth, you know, and they, they think that they triggered whatever to almost like woke it up. Yeah, and because it came, you know, up here, and he had to have all this just oh, reconstructed. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, but uh, I'll see him hopefully this weekend too. And he uh, he's doing good now. I mean, he's uh, he loves to hunt too. We go hunting a lot and. Uh, um, but he's he's had battle after battle, but he's tough. That's why we got shirts that say Kelly Tough. He's yeah, well, he's proven that. You oh, know, oh, in our in our round of golf, he was throwing passes to to all of us out on the fairway <laughs> yeah. into fan. I mean, he very fun guy. Yeah, very, had a great time. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I got to speak at a men's conference with him one time when he came to kind of give his story. And you know, I'm back there with the the boys, some some of my sons. And he's taking his Super Bowl rings and letting them run off with them on and on. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you should do that. You know, if I lose one of your Super Bowl rings, I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be very happy with that. And you know, and his attitude was because you know I asked him about it, just sitting back there, you know, behind the stage and whatever. His attitude was, look, I understand we didn't win them, but you know what? We're still the right kind of proud, not the wrong kind, not Eric. We we feel like that we stand in an elite group of teams. And it's not easy to get to the Super Bowl four times, and I'm not going to like that that I, that that's not an accomplishment too, because right. it is. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, that that was a, that was a, a run that a lot of teams don't see. I mean, if the, if the this is the way I explain to people: if New England couldn't go to four Super Bowls in a row with the teams they had, right? That you, that just shows you how hard it is. Yeah. And I don't think it'll ever be done again four in a row. I mean, you might. No. Be, you know. Yeah. You well, there's been it. teams. You're right. They've got, they've got numbers that exceed that, but in a row. Yeah. That that's uh, that. I mean, I, we acknowledge, like you said, the free agency didn't come to '93. Uh, you know, keeping the team together right. helps. Yeah. But still, I mean, I don't care who all you got four in a row <laughs> without because of all the things that can happen in football, injuries. The yeah. things you have to that you don't ever know you're even going to deal with coaching and, changes and you know what, what the front office. What are they going to do? Right. You know, that, that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it was impressive. And really, other than the close game against the, the Giants the year before you got there, I mean, they ran up against f- phenomenal teams. Yeah. You know, and like I say, Dallas twice. And uh, was it the uh, – Washington. Washington, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the 
that was the weird one. But that that was but that was a one of those days where you go, my goodness, it it was not our day. Yeah, sure. Chris, mm-hmm. uh, I want to ask you this because you have some other things here we want to talk about. But just from a punting thing, and Rick and I have talked about this some. Um, you mentioned Ray Guy. Mm. We grew up watching Ray Guy oh, kick yeah. for the Raiders. Oh yeah, he kicked the ball as hard as he could every single time. Even if if the Raiders were inside the fifty, he didn't try to hang it, and and it wasn't a hang time. He would still kick the coffin corners where it got the name. He'd kick it as far as he could, and make the referees figure out where it went out. Yeah. So why? Because that it seemed like that that died off in the NFL and they went to the hang time or the backspin or trying to right. down it inside the one where Ray Guy used to let the referees figure it out where it was between the 10 and the goal line. Why did that change? Because obviously there's been a change in technique or thinking from the coaching standpoint. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the, I call it the Australian kick, the, the backwards. Right. Uh, didn't come along to right at the end of my career. I, guess, I think uh, – uh, Darren Bennett started doing it a little bit out in Seattle or San Diego, and he's from, he's a, he's from Australia. <clears throat> but um, and then so once that I guess guys started practicing that and they've gotten pretty good at it. I ain't even tried it, but uh, <laughs> that just feels weird, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but because uh, you used to try to always, turn it over like a pass and let her go. Yeah, I would I would go for the corners too, uh, yeah. directional kick uh, when 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 it was available. You know, you'd have to play the wind and all that too. Right. You know, Ray was out in L.A., and this, you know, that's a great place to, to punt, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to Buffalo. But, uh, <laughs> With a howling wind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then now that that crowd now, they would smoke at halftime. Ray yeah. and them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were, that was a different different era. Wasn't yeah. It? All right, we'll come back. More with Chris Moore when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. Bubba, none of us like feeling like that our hard-earned money, because we don't have choices, that we're funding you know, businesses that go out and, and stand up against the very things we hold dear. Well, you, you hate to be terrible feeling. financing the people who are working against what you believe is core values for our country. Well, uh, and when it comes to your cellular service, I want you to know, sometimes there's not any choices, but with, with your cellular service, there is. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they have been on the front lines fighting for the things that we do hold dear. Uh, now, they're different from every other provider out there. Inflation's made it really hard on many Americans. But thankfully, Patriot Mobile has uh, plans for almost any budget. And here's what I know you're wanting to know. Let me answer it now. They offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major character, carriers. So we're not, we're not talking about that you got to downgrade in order to feel better about uh, you know, who you're dealing with. You have the same coverage uh, and, and great service and knowledge that the money is not going to finance things like you know, that, that you would oppose. They're, they're actually out there fighting for the sanctity of life. They're fighting for religious freedom in, in the Second Amendment. So patriotmobile.com slash Rick Bubba, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. I mean, now, our code is Rick Bubba. Put that together, and you'll get free activation. If you're a veteran or a first responder, let them know because they have special discounts for you too. Join the movement. Make the switch to Patriot Mobile. We're with Chris Moore, Bubba. It's our last uh, segment with him. We got about oh, seven, we're running about six, out of seven time, minutes. Chris. So, we, do you want to get to the music uh, scene, Miracle? Well, well, we got to address that quickly, okay. Chris. I, and we may we may have seen you run back out on the field to kick. At halftime, we were involved in a promotion where we were catching punts that came out of the machine. 
Yes. And they were about a 45-yard punt. And all during the year, they had celebrities out there catching punts. And they put them in a helmet, one of these big cage defensive linemen. We had had to wear a helmet. We had to wear a helmet. So they put – and we'd seen these punts hit people in the head. (laughs) We'd seen them fly over them. And the crowd booed, I mean, just went nuts because if they caught it, the the whole crowd won something, like a free pizza yeah, or a it coupon a, or a coupon something. for pizzas or something. So, so Rick and I are going to do it in that game. <laughs> and, you know, it was cold and the wind was blowing. Like you said, it was nasty. It was nasty. And, uh, and, and I'm out there first, and I think, you know, I really don't want to be booed by this crowd. I cannot let the ball go through the wicket here. You know, I got I got to close the gap. We're wearing winter clothing because <laughs> yeah. it's freezing. If you remember, it was yeah. terrible. Oh yeah. So that that ball goes up, and I'm I'm trying to track that thing, and it's blowing around, and I I got it, caught it, and I was so happy. Oh, the crowd is cheering. So I start running down the field. You know, I'm just I'm I'm feeling the energy from the crowd. You're returning it. Oh, yeah. Well, T Rack <laughs> comes out there, mascot, and acts like he's going to tackle me. And, you know, I'm not the fastest guy now, but I'm thinking a guy in a mascot head, he can't move. No. So I juke him a little bit, and I go in the end zone, and, and he comes and grabs my feet, you know, and I'm, so Rick's up. And, of course, Rick is not going to let me catch Nicer it. He miss it because he knows he's going to hear, never hear the end of yeah, it. Yeah, I can't miss it now. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, they, they shoot that thing up, and I'm thinking, I can't be the guy who, who – and, I and it's it. blowing around. Yeah, it looks, like a, it look, yeah. looks like a BB. <laughs> yeah. and, and, ba- you know, and keep in mind, you know, Bubba was a great baseball player. I'm defensive lineman. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no way ever punched me. <laughs> and, and and so I catch it. And unfortunately, I don't know why T-Rack didn't learn. I mean, well, I mean, the, Rick that's, that's the raccoon, the and, raccoon mascot. And yeah. he starts down the field like I did. And T-Rack come out and act like he was going to tackle Rick. Well, Rick's not as good at, say, juking, you know. I got, Rick, I got a he's more straight, straight line and, guy. And Rick just runs over T-Rack, <laughs> flattens him, uh-huh. knocks his head off, and the head is spinning in the end zone with this guy laying with a mascot outfit about the five-yard line. And it is the funniest thing. You it's get a the awful, ovation? Oh, yeah. yeah you, you get all kind of weird because some people are crying like it. <laughs> Little and kids it, are upset. Yeah, but it's, but uh, the true football fans like, yeah. <laughs> I go in the end zone. How many times am I going to score in the NFL? Yeah. Never. That's awesome. And, get Chris, up. about that time, you may have been coming Come out of the locker room. room. I wonder if you even uh, – you were focused on other things. But I, I just think there's a chance you were out there starting to get ready for Probably the second so, half and yeah. saw us run over T-Rex. <laughs> I remember. I so remember him going. You ran over me, man. And I was like, he was kind of like, you know, it's just a joke. Then he didn't have to plow me. And, and we ended up. It's it's real but I funny did because I know this is score. painful for oh, you, you, Chris. Score. But we we ended up staying on the sidelines for the second half. Yeah. And we're standing on the Titans sideline. We, we think the game's over. Everybody you know, does. Thurman Thomas. Had the Titans sco- think it's over. I, I forgot who scored, but I remember Thurman Thomas telling the crowd to be quiet. To be quiet. You know, coming back off the field. No, we. Uh, I I had just held for the game winning field goal. Was yeah. it a field goal? Sixteen yeah. seconds to go. Yeah. I mean, it was the biggest change of emotion yeah. in a game, and because we had a pretty good team. Yeah, you did. And uh, even though. We had quarterback issues at the time, but we had a good core defense and stuff. And we had two good quarterbacks. I mean, Doug and Rob, John, Doug Flute and Rob yeah. Johnson. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the thing that gets me is if that game's played in Buffalo, do they call that a Ford pass? <laughs> I mean, how, how much more – uh, a visualization do you need than the balls being thrown from – you see the line here, Easy and the guy catches it across the line here. 
Fast forward, you know. Christie kicks it high. <laughs> Fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Pitches <laughs> it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10. He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. Chris, it's I'm sorry. That's Calvary. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. A miracle for the Titans. Sorry. That's cold. You okay? No, that's good. Well, Chris, what's, <laughs> well, what's we, funny, too, we're watching the play start. We're down about the 30-yard line. The, the promotion we, guy's telling us we really enjoyed this season, man. We oh, yeah. Everybody's wrapping Nobody it up. Nobody thinks they're going to win. <laughs> we all on that end or this end? Well, we're on the end he's running toward because okay. we look and we see Dawson coming down. Because he threw the, it from the 30 on the other side. <laughs> right. The right. See, we weren't up there for we're, that. All we we're look da- up just, we're, we're we, talking. We see Dawson coming. Down. We'd even discuss going to the parking lot. the game. And, and I said, you know what? He's, he's, I he may up, have I'm a chance. Like, you know how you see the helmet still going? I'm like, is he returning that? Yo, they got the wall set up. I did. was over then. Gosh. It's just like the Auburn game on that field goal. Yeah. But, you know, but I think that was just because we, I was in the greatest comeback in NFL history too. Oh yeah. Which, uh, so. Oh yeah, against the Oilers. Oh, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So I mean, I've been, I've been on both ends of it. You know, yeah. those, what crazy. a career, man! You've had a great, you, Chris. It's a great time. Thank yeah. You. Uh, thank you for being with us too, man. What a we blast. didn't even get into your rotten country music song. Yeah, so yeah. you got to come back. We'll have to for do that. another one. Come back. Yeah, you, you know, I understand you're working on a new song called Rick and Bubba. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Chris Moore, hey, thanks. The NFL, <laughs> neighborhood football league. Not for long. <laughs> Not for long. Thanks for being with us, and thanks to all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.